This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by FlintHillsAuto.com. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com, and the man to my right is Scott Jason of Fog.net. And tonight's goal is to do a nice show and not give you my cold. Yeah, one and two. For many of you watching at home, one is the more important goal. For those of us sitting to the right of you, two is the more important goal. And health. You can interact with us on social media at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show. On Twitter, at the Drive 13 and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions at thedriveshow.com. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both gopowercat.com and fog.net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hands. They've been expecting you now for a couple years, so now let's eat. <laughs> Kansas point guard Devon Dotson injured his hip and missed most of the second half of KU's loss to Baylor. Scott, what's the latest on Dotson and the health of the rest of this KU team? Well, last year, injuries, just players not being with the team, that was a big part of the storyline as Kansas dropped from number one where they were preseason, continued to fall. Health of this team is in question. Now it starts with Devon Dotson. Now where we're situated on the court, uh, being able to cover these games, actually happened to be right by Devon Dotson when he first started grabbing at his hip, and it was late in the first half. He actually returned for the second half, played all of like one play. I think he touched the ball 30 seconds into the game and then you know went out of the game, went back to the locker room to get checked uh, for a hip pointer. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was wearing a look of anguish. He was, uh, he was grabbing at it and you could tell something was wrong late in the first half when he stayed in the game for one possession on offense, one possession on defense. They checked him at halftime, he got a little treatment. Uh, but obviously was not able to go. He missed 10 plus minutes of that second half. This is a guy who plays, you know, 40 minutes. Most games yeah. are 37, whatever. He never leaves the court. Uh, he is, KU has a backup point guard in Marcus Garrett, uh, but Marcus Garrett, you more want him playing on the wings and being able to check uh, some of those bigger players that other teams can throw at KU. Now the problem in, in this game was that Marcus Garrett became the kind of de facto point guard and the guy you couldn't take off the floor. And for a while it was working. KU pulled within five in the second half, but Garrett, you know, people may not remember, he's also dealing with not one, but two ankle injuries. He had the worst ankle injury at Villanova that caused him to miss the entire second half of the game. I believe that was a right ankle injury. Then he injures the left ankle, stepping on Yudoka Azubuki's foot, just kind of a freak uh, incident in at, at Iowa State and after the game I asked him about injuries he didn't want to talk about injuries he said 
I'm not going to make excuses. Injuries are not an excuse. Uh, but finally, after you know asking him a few questions, he did acknowledge that he's not only feeling that left injury, which he re-aggravated on Saturday, he's also feeling the right, right ankle injury too. So uh, the health of that KU point guard position, Devon Dotson, Marcus Garrett, your best defender and your leading scorer, right now that's in question. They need to get healthy in a hurry. I think that was Bill Self's thought after the game. I think it's why he wasn't too mad after this one either. Now, if I know all of my anatomy, that's all of his ankles, right? <laughs> yeah, there are no there's ankles no more, left. No healthy ankles left. None. So, okay. I just going to check. I'm yeah. Real bright. <laughs> well, Kansas State fell to 0-3 in the Big 12 with a 64-50 loss at Texas on Saturday night. Fitz, why are the Wildcats playing like the worst team in the Big 12 right now? Maybe because they are the worst team in the Big 12. They shouldn't be, though. That's what's probably frustrating to K-State fans. This team just isn't gelling together. Uh, they played fairly well in the first half, and then they fell behind by as much as 20 points in the second half. The final score actually looks better than it was as Kansas State was completely dysfunctional for most of that second half of that ball game down in Austin. And I tell you what, this team has got some big problems. They just can't score well enough to keep up with anyone. They defend extremely well, but when you're only scoring about 50 points a game, you're going to lose unless you play incredible defense, and they had some defensive breakdowns early in that second half. It's really a frustrating thing to watch is they can't shoot it well from the outside, and they don't have an inside presence. I don't know if you know basketball. That pretty much leaves you with very little <laughs> that you can score with. This team just isn't very good. It probably is the worst team in the Big 12, and we're going to cover what they need to do heading down the road. But the, the serious problem here for Kansas State is they're not just 0-3. They have played three teams that were expected to be in the lower half of the Big 12 standings mm -hmm. with them. They haven't even gotten in, gotten into what you might say is the Big Four, the, the four best teams as uh, people might perceive them. They will do that this week by playing both Texas Tech and West Virginia and Manhattan. And unless they go through a drastic change of personality, they're going to leave that 0-5, including three home losses. Mm -hmm. But things can change quickly in this conference. Mm -hmm. We'll see. They do have some good players. They have some good young players. But right now, Scott, this is the worst team in the Big 12, and it's hard to stomach for K-State fans. Yeah, I, I think offensively when I look at them, obviously not as close as you are, but, you know, I, I've just seen the challenges they've gone through. If you look at Ken Palm, the uh, points per possession on offense, basically their offensive efficiency, they rank outside or they ranked outside the top 180 in the nation uh, going into Big 12 play. That was like 80 worse than the next closest team in the Big 12. Put another way, there are about 350-ish teams mm. in Division One, and uh, if you're not in the the top half of that, the top 175, that, that means you've got some offensive yeah, problems. they really do have offensive problems. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs did not have offensive problems. They fell behind 24 uh, to nothing in their AFC playoff game with the Houston Texans Sunday at Arrowhead. Then they scored 28 points in the second quarter to take the lead and rolled to a victory. Fitz, how'd they do it? They scored points. <laughs> this was the strangest game I've ever seen, and if I understood Mitch Holtis correctly, it's mm -hmm. the first time in NFL history that a playoff team has fallen behind by 20 and won by 20 or more. Um, and that's exactly what the Chiefs did. They gave up three quick touchdowns, including off a block punt. Uh, they just looked miserable in that first quarter and early in the second quarter. In uh, what I think was a key decision, the Texans had a fourth and short and elected to kick a field goal. I would have gone for it and tried to get the knockout punch, but uh, then lo and behold, what do you know, uh, Kansas City got a nice kickoff return and you saw the momentum shift. Yeah. And I've never seen the momentum shift so sharply in a game than this one. 
Kansas City Scott scored on eight straight possessions, <laughs> including seven straight touchdowns. And then their last possession, they kicked the field goal to make it 51 to 31, outscoring the Texans. Mm-hmm. 51 to 7 after that fast start. It was incredible. Um, imagine scoring eight straight possessions in basketball, and if you want to say seven threes to, to be your touch. I mean, uh, just an absolutely ridiculous output. And look, the Chiefs were never as bad as they looked at the beginning of the game because before that, I believe the, the block punt, you had a Travis Kelsey drop. He's obviously playing hurt and then rebounded to have a really nice game. You had the Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, muffed punt where he puts the ball at the five yard line. These are two situations where the Chiefs give up touchdowns that aren't, you know, touchdowns you're going to have scored against you in the average game. They're kind of freak circumstances, but you mentioned it. The fourth down where Bill O'Brien, I, I believe, called a timeout and then ended up kicking the field goal. Could have used that timeout for a challenge later in the half. And then, man, that, that fake punt dis- decision, that was a bit of a head-scratcher. Wow, and it's bizarre. Look, uh, you know, we're, we're still a ways away from teams being able to take the, the Harbaugh approach of going for it aggressively and, and really not getting killed for it, but uh, I've always said this. When you want to do one of those, uh, you know, when you want to punt and coaches will send their quarterback in to kind of catch them off guard and pooch punt or whatever, I always ask the question, why wouldn't you just send your punter? And that's literally his one job. I say it on the same side on the other end. If you want to go for it fourth and four, you want to be aggressive, you have Deshaun Watson as yeah. your quarterback, maybe just throw him in the game and try it. It was amazing to watch this happen. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Crazy I, comeback. I was ready to take up knitting. <laughs> and luckily the Chiefs got going and I didn't have to learn how to knit. Uh, I'm sure knitting is fine. We could have used that. I know. I could have used it mm. to make a scarf. Mm. A nice scarf. <laughs> now a quick look at your poll question results. Poll questions are brought to you by Film and Eleven, your go fast, look good, play hard custom shop. Well, last week's question was, Tom Brady said after Saturday's loss to Tennessee, his hope is to continue playing. How much longer will his career extend? We look at what you guys said. A, he is done playing 30%. One more year, 40%. Two more years, 20%. Three or more of you think he will be playing into his 70s. His 70s. He's yeah. He's, he's much older than I thought he was. <laughs> what do you think he'll do? One I, more year? I, I think he's got two in him. You got two? got two? I think he'll go one more year. He'll play for someone else next season and realize, oh, I'm no good in this <laughs> system. And uh, here is this week's questions. After wins at Texas Tech and at Kansas, is Baylor the best team in the Big 12? Your choices are A, yes, B, no, C, go Chiefs. I don't know why I put that in there. I think I had Chiefs on my mind. Mm. Vote at thedriveshow.com. You think you had Chiefs on your mind writing, go Chiefs. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hands. They've been expecting you. Now let's eat. Well, the Jayhawks trailed by double figures mm-hmm. for a good portion of Saturday's game against Baylor. Scott, did Baylor expose anything in terms of a blueprint to defeat these Jayhawks? Well, look, I think the easy thing to say would be, well, look, Kansas had two very important players banged up. That's 
you know, as much of a reason as any, but I don't think that's the case. I actually think Baylor did things that are uh, not only impressive, but replicable when you talk about the way they defended the Jayhawks, how they stuck they stuck a player back kind of like a free safety for when the Jayhawks threw passes over the top. They fronted Yudoka Azubuki in the post, meaning they stood in front of him. Uh, and again, make you throw that ball over the top and then have that player ranging back to kind of knock it away. And look, the Jayhawks at times this year have been very poor passing the ball, and that's across the board. That's Devon Dotson. Uh, at sometimes Marcus Garrett, although I think he's this team's best passer. Uh, at times Ochai Abaji, and there was one sequence where Doak is wide open in the paint. He probably has a good six feet of space on the guy. Uh, Ochai Abaji throws the pass up and it hits off the backboard. It's a turnover. And it was those kind of plays that really hurt that Jayhawk offense. Now. KU is not uh, a perfect team by any measure. I think one area you look to is shooting. Isaiah Moss, uh, who scored 1,000 career points, he reached that, uh, obviously only like 110 at KU, but he, he hit that mark with 10 points in the first half. He made four of his first five shots, and then he got a little hesitant. He missed a few looks. I think he finished five of tw uh, 12 from the field, and that's a guy you're relying on to give you floor spacing and shooting. So when he's not hitting and the Jayhawks are only hitting, I think they only had four or so three-point shots, now all of a sudden you need to be that much more efficient inside and they haven't had that so I think KU has problems shooting at times I think KU definitely has problems passing at times look the defenses they're one of the best defenses in the nation any ranking site metrics you look at will tell you that but hey when the offense isn't working and you're letting the other team get some points in transition now you have to be that much better on that end I think KU had some problems yeah once in a while a team will come into Allen Fieldhouse and have a big game mm -hmm. and they'll they'll look really good and play really efficiently and win and they'll have, and I don't want to say fluky, but mm -hmm. you know, you can't replicate it the next week. Baylor just looked like the better team in this yeah. game. They I, really did. I would definitely agree, and I, I thought it was interesting too. KU goes down uh, nine to three, nine zero run to take that twelve to nine lead, and they lead twenty to fifteen. How about Baylor to punch back to yeah. not fold? You've seen so many teams fold in that situation. Baylor did not. Well, Scott Drew finally won in Allen Fieldhouse. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, fits a couple questions on K-State. First, is this a lost season for K-State basketball? And second, if you were the coach, what would you do with this team right now? Well, I, I don't think, to answer that first part, I don't think it's a lost season in the terms of there are things you can do. Mm -hmm. Now, what's really troubling for Kansas State right now is this simple fact. They have nine players in their rotation. I think I talked about this before. Four newcomers. And that means you've got five veteran players out of the last three classes that are contributing. You can't turn back the clock and you can't reinvent yourself. You are what you are. But I think it's pretty clear right now that, um, and we're seeing him do that, raise those minutes those freshmen are getting. We're still not seeing as much uh, playing time for David Sloan as I would expect. He had a really nice assist to Xavier Sneed in that uh, game at Texas, set him up for a three-pointer and he got benched, and, and I, for the life of me, I don't know why. Maybe watching on TV, I missed something off the ball or he wasn't defending right, uh, but Sloan seems to bring something to the court that you really need. I would invest some time in those guys that'll be back for next year, and if there's trouble on this team, um, if there's problems in that locker room, clean it out. Just get rid of them. Go, go with what you have if you have to. If you're gonna lose, lose with the guys that are gonna help you in the next season because you have a very good recruiting class coming in and we know this it'll be a frightfully young team next season for Kansas State so you want these freshmen to be as far down the road as possible and Scott Bruce Weber said something really really interesting mm -hmm. on his post-game radio that Dejuan Gordon the freshman of Chicago is turning into a leader for this team and the 
the seniors or the upperclassmen are pushing back on that. Mm -hmm. They are so void in leadership, the guys that should be leading don't want someone else to lead. <laughs> That's how troubled this team is right now. And I know as our senior, you don't want a freshman taking over your team. You're offering in the Big 12. If someone, even a freshman, can help you get out of that funk, you would think you'd set your ego aside and let that happen. But I think that's a good sign that Dave Juwan Gordon has as leadership, mm -hmm. uh, you know, tactics or tendencies that you need because they're going to need that from him next year when they have really eight, seven, eight underclassmen, mm -hmm. freshmen and sophomores. You, you never know how leadership is going to pay off down the line, whatever, but it, it is usually an indicator of someone, a young man who is ready to take on more and more. A player KU fans know took on that at a young role, Devontae Graham. Sophomore yeah. year was already being a leader in a, in a, on a team with upperclassmen, so I, I think that's a yeah. good sign. Very good. Now we step out of bounds. And now that the Chiefs are playing host to the Tennessee Titans in the AFC Championship game, go Chiefs, <laughs> would anything short of a Super Bowl be a disappointment for these Chiefs? Yeah, I, I think anything short of a Super Bowl, I, I would hesitate to say anything short of a Super Bowl win, but I mean, look, it kind of feels that way. Once you get into the matchups and everything in the, the Final Four, when you have it all set, the Chiefs are the favorite to win just because they have the easiest kind of perceived opponent in a six seed Tennessee team. But uh, look, Tennessee's gonna pose problems. Ryan Tannehill has not been asked to do a lot, but what he's been asked to do, he has succeeded on and achieved and been uh, at least smart with the ball. And then you have Derrick Henry who is running over absolutely everyone right now. The Chiefs defense is going to be tested. So look, they've got two difficult, potentially, you know, really difficult games ahead if they can uh, obviously make it to the Super Bowl. I think they've got a great shot to get there. It's crazy to say, as someone who's watched the Chiefs my whole life, win it. At the same time, you know, maybe you're in that zone where if you don't make it now, it's, yeah. a, it's a disappointment. Yeah, it really should be. And they, of course, got to the AFC Championship last year and didn't get it done. Mm -hmm. But uh, this one's at home against the sixth seed. You know, this Tennessee team reminds me of that Philadelphia team a few years ago that kind of picked up late in the year and ended up winning the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Um, Tennessee's really playing to a personality right now that will challenge the Chiefs. But in Arrowhead, way Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is in this offense playing, yeah. you would think they're going to get this done. After the momentum lift or the, just the emotional lift from winning the game against Houston, I'm sure the Chiefs are buzzing right uh, now. How many times in the NCAA tournament have you seen a team almost get upset in the first or second round mm -hmm. and somehow pull it out at the last second and then go on to get to the Final Four or win the uh, thing? Auburn almost lost, I believe, to New Mexico State and then stomped Kansas the next right. game just last year. Right. I, I'd be interested to see how the Chiefs respond to that mm -hmm. slow start against the Texans and see if that really gets them going. Going. For sure. Well, now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question this week is pretty simple one. Is Bruce Weber or Bruce Weber as a coach good or bad? And that is from Brian. Well, I tell you what, it's uh, he's a good coach. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I think where he falls short is sometimes when he has, uh, I don't want to say emotional, but kind of interactive issues on his team. Players don't really gel together. Kind of putting those parts together in a mental aspect troubles him more than a physical aspect. He can X and O. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe he has some shortages in running a zone offense, but he is a good coach. You don't win two Big 12 championships. You don't go to an Elite Eight if you're not a good coach, and he's mm -hmm. accomplished that. This is a tough season to watch, though, coming off a Big 12 championship, no mm -hmm. doubt about it. For sure. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive.
Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time time to take a look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by by Vanderbilt, your work boot center. Apparently I can no longer speak. (laughs) And remember to make your weekly predictions over at thedriveshow.com. And let's look at last week's results. Looky, looky. <laughs> two and one for me, one and two for the fans. And Scott, I'm slowly getting out of my hole. <laughs> That's enough of that. <laughs> Let's start this week's picks with West Virginia minus three and a half at K-State. I think I set this line poorly because we're both going to pick West Virginia, I bet. That is correct, 100%. I should have picked like eight and a half, make it challenging. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking go Chiefs. Uh, well, next is Kansas minus three and a half at Texas. Kansas lost at Texas last year. I will take them to win by a lot this year. Yeah, you know, K-State just lost by what, 14, 16, I can't remember the final score to Texas. They're not very good. KU will win this game. Our last game of the week is the NFL. You got it. Tennessee is a seven-point underdog at Kansas City. Will the Chiefs win by more than seven points? Scott? I'll take the Chiefs in this one, I think, Mm. to cover. I will, too. I will, too. I think all the picks are the same, Mm -hmm. uh, which makes this very boring. (laughs) That means I'm not making up any ground. We're going against the viewers this week. Okay. Again, make your picks over at thedriveshow.com. It's time for our On the Clock segment. We've got some time to dig in here. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. And let's start with Scott Chase and the Fog.net. Well, the jeopardy, the quest to find the greatest of all time is on. No, I'm just kidding. You I, went there. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, uh, Christian Brown has been such an interesting piece of this Kansas team because before the season, we were hearing about how he might be the top freshman on a team that had a couple of them ranked in the top 100 and one that was bordering on, on being right there in the top 50. But uh, I've been extremely impressed with what I've seen out of him. It's been five or six games that he's played really well in a row to this point that you're no longer counting. I know I just gave a number, but uh, before it was like, oh, that's one good game. That's two good games. Oh, a third straight performance now. You just kind of come to expect it from him off the bench. Brown has impressed this team or uh, his coaches with with his three-point shooting. His defense is coming around in a big way. He's not a great defensive player, but he is certainly serviceable. His athleticism in creating extra possessions, that's also a huge bonus, and that's something Bill Self loves. He talks about extra possessions all the time. He has the mentality, he has the kind of mental fortitude, that strength to be able to handle it. Uh, I've been very impressed with what I've seen out of him, and and I expect him to play more and more as this year goes on. I I think he's a very important piece for the KU basketball bench, and uh, I really think they've found something in him. Well, he has been fun to watch. You know, it's a strange life being a sports journalist is – he can tell you over here, he went to KU, I went to K-State. But in the process of covering those schools, you have to kind of give up that fandom and become a journalist and back away and cover it. Well, I don't technically cover the Kansas City Chiefs or the Royals, so I hang on to that fandom. And what I'm seeing this year from the Chiefs is awfully fun. They've gone down through some bad stretches this season, when, particularly when Patrick Mahomes was injured. But 
to have this team led by a young man like Patrick Mahomes and now on the cusp of a Super Bowl is awfully fun. I, I have seen the Chiefs, I think, in my lifetime be in the Super Bowl, although I don't remember it because I was a little stinker. But uh, it, I would love to see it as an adult. It's been a strange lag time for the Kansas City Chiefs because the franchise has never been awful, but it's also never been great. And when it has been pretty good, it never got over the hump. Somehow, it feels like Patrick Mahomes, that kid from Texas Tech, is the hump that will help us get over. That makes sense. It made enough sense for everyone to know what you're talking about. I think that was beautiful. Anyhow, I, I think I want to say I want to wrap up with coaching. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus.